0: right now in this moment if someone's watching this podcast you have all the communication
1: tools you need hello and welcome to another episode of within the game podcast my name is Aaron Wexler and I'm here with the one and only Brian Gruber Brian thank you so much for being here
0: that's uh, my great pleasure Aaron
1: man this is a full circle moment and for the audience uh Brian you're my writing coach And together, together, we created this book, The Inspired Athlete, which we're going to talk about today in this episode. And it's truly a full circle moment for me um, because, uh, wow, that was a long time and just a, a, a long journey. And so, um, you know, this whole podcast that we started, actually, we you helped me create this podcast in the middle of the pandemic. This whole podcast is about staying inspired. And I talk to, you know, athletes, entrepreneurs, champions of life, about how we stay inspired within our own craft. And uh, we're going to get into how you stay inspired and how you inspire others through writing. So, I'm really excited for this episode so brian you're a published author a writing coach a marketing consultant and my personal writing coach and uh thank you man thank you for everything and um your websites are grubermedia.com and sanscribes.com which i will link here and uh anything further than that give give us give everyone a little quick background of yourself before we continue yeah i'm
0: a i'm a uh projects boy from housing projects boy from brooklyn new york uh Grew up in the public schools there, Queen's College. Uh, Went to grad school in your neighborhood, uh, Pepperdine University, and was interested in new media and emerging new forms of media. And um, I spent most of my career in the cable television industry on the marketing and executive side here, and also being the first head of marketing for the Australian cable TV rollout, Foxtel. But um, also did some on-air work. I was the first head of marketing for C-SPAN, uh, in my in my twenties, and also hosted two live call-in shows a week. And so, as you you know, I find it an extraordinary privilege to draw out people's stories. And um, then, uh, as the internet was was growing in the '90s and and beyond, uh, started to consult for startups and did my own two startups, which later on we can talk about. And one was public affairs. Uh, uh, elite conferences online. The other was uh, live streaming from iconic jazz clubs around the world and uh, started writing 11 years ago when I came to our beloved island, Koh a small Thai island famous for a number of things um, and it was really a transformative experience for me and I loved this island so much. And then uh, briefly did a, a second book, War of the After Party, traveling around the world to scenes of U.S. military in, uh, interventions uh, of the last half century and ended up on the Cambodian coast and then moved here to Copenhagen. So uh, that's how I got to, to this island. And that's how I uh, decided to shift my career from marketing and packaging other people's content in digital media and cable TV to telling stories that I wanted to tell and helping people tell stories that they want to tell.
1: Man. And, you know, yes, you are in Thailand right now, and I'm in Los Angeles. And uh, like I said, this is a full circle moment. So we're going to talk about the whole story of how we met and this whole journey that we've been on together, creating this this project, The, the Inspired Athlete. Uh, but before we do that, I always like to start with this question with all my guests. What does inspired living mean to you?
0: Yeah, I think uh, part of that is... Having a vision that you've really thought about for your life and getting specific about it, knowing that it's going to evolve over time, but having a North Star, so to speak, saying, uh, I'm going to do lots of different things. I'm going to fail at some, but here's who I am. And here's the life that I want to live Tuesday, 3 p.m. What am I doing with my life? And so uh, to me, inspiration comes from a sense of purpose and from a vision and then working to live that vision. And I think uh, one draws inspiration from that.
1: Love it. I love it, man. I'm, you know what? I, f- I just feel so honored to have met you and, um, you know, just to, to have been on this journey with you and for the audience, you know, who, who might be thinking like, okay, you know, Aaron usually interview athletes and entrepreneurs, you know, why are you having a write around? Well, you know, Brian has been just um, a catalyst for my own personal growth during this time of when I decided to become a writer, an author, and now I'm a published author, which is, it's still, I still have to pinch myself um, to, to, to actually realize that, but I just have to just give you so much gratitude for that, and you know, let's, let's, let's get into some of this content um, about writing as a game. You know, because this whole this whole podcast journey that I took on in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of my writing process, which is, you know, I kind of looked at life and I looked at um disciplines and crafts and I was like, you know what, it's all a game. If you look at it like that, you choose to look at it like that. So yeah, so so going back to the question, writing as a discipline, how do you look at it as a game?
0: I think there are several crossovers. I watched the uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, Cardinals game yesterday, the first game of the year, and, and watched how Patrick Mahomes uh, uh, performed. And he, yes, he's a great athlete, but he's also a tremendous artist. Uh, w- what he does is is artful. So I think there's crossovers going both ways. Some similarities, I think, if you're going to do a book like you did, you have to have a rock-solid commitment to getting to the goal line. You know, there's a lot of athletes, as you know, uh, in say in the NFL or NBA, uh, who can do good for the first three quarters. But there's something that they, that sports commentators talk about, about finishing. And why is that so important? It's psychologically difficult. And um, so I think in the course of writing, um, most people don't complete their projects as you have have done. So looking at it as a game, knowing that there's going to be challenges, uh, you're going to be tackled at the two-yard line, you're going to fumble the ball, you thought you had a game plan, and oh, I didn't write anything for the last two weeks. But having a strong commitment, I'm going to get to that goal line, I have a plan for getting there, and nothing's going to stop me. And I think it gets back to your original notion of of inspiration. Uh, Why am I doing this? And I think certainly you know, athletes are really about winning. We've talked about this a lot and your book talks about this a lot. Yeah. Gotta be about winning. But I think the people who you interviewed, uh, the podcasts I listened to and the interviews that of course I I read, those people had a much more expansive sense of what winning was about. And that was part of the reason for the success. So I think those things are are somewhat similar and, and to some degree, some
1: similar challenges. Right, right. So eloquently said, and and I agree. And you know, and and that again, that's the idea of this whole project, right? Is to is to have fun, right? We were talking about before before this interview, like let's have fun with it. And you know, I again, like when I undertook this whole process, and when when I made a decision, I was like, all right, Aaron, you know, like let's write this book, right? I had this idea. I was like, man, can I really do that? You know, and and I again, I had to just battle self doubt th- during this whole process. And, you know, we went through so much like, look, <laughs> this is one of the early, early, um, you know, drafts, and we we got it to this, you know, and, and there's so many different decisions along the way. And so much, like, just, just moments where you have to challenge yourself. And you like you said, you have to, like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. And for the listeners, like, I didn't know if I could finish this thing. You know, there were many months actually where you were like, "Hey, are you are you, are you there?" you know. <laughs> you know, it's crickets. Uh, "Hey, Aaron, what's going on?" And I think, you know, for a lot of first-time writers, um they may be going through that. You know, what what do you say to first-time writers like like myself, right? Like who, who are like, you know, wondering if they could really do a project like this or or yeah, do a project I, I, yeah and all, yeah i
0: think i think very similar to uh to, to getting into a sport you have to start by asking the why yeah uh, because if you don't answer the why and have that uh, uh solidly set then all those you know defensive backs that are tackling you you, you know you, you're gonna you're gonna want to give up you lose your sense of purpose you lose your sense of of uh of, of where you're going so yeah. I do a free hour of writing coaching to people on the island besides this event that I'm going to do tonight I've been doing for five years, a free weekly uh, event called Write Night, which is how yeah. how, how we met. And it gives mm-hmm. me great joy to do that. And in those writing ca- uh, uh, um, sessions uh, and, and, and coaching sessions, it, you know, it really is about uh, not that people don't have the communication tools or an athlete doesn't have the physical tools but uh, it's demystifying the process and giving people a sense of confidence of what the tasks are and and how to get there. So that's that's really important. What's the why? What's the motivation? And then having a vision of of the outcome. Why do you want this this finished book? Because you, for example, uh, among many other things, yeah, you're really excited about having that book in your hand, but that represents something broader to you, that you've experienced certain things in your life on and off the field, and you have this burning, passionate, beautiful desire to share that with people. You just want to share that with people. So once you nurture that, once a writer decides what's the story that they want to pursue in their book, what's the thing that they want to, to write about, that provides a lot of the motivation to take it to completion.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things I was thinking about, Brian, uh, leading up to this talk is, I, you know, I've always thought that everybody has a message, but I'm not sure about that. And I, and before you answer this question, you know, I believe that people do. I feel like we all have a unique message, um, but, you know, I'm a spiritual person and I, I believe part of our spiritual journey is to come share that message, whatever that message is. Um, What do you think about that? Do you think that we all have a message? And if we do, do you think we all need to share that message in some capacity?
0: I once, when I was raising money for the uh, live jazz startup, I went to this venture capitalist in Seattle and I had just done this uh, public forum startup. And I was saying, these are two very different things. He said, no, they're not. We uh, became homo sapiens when we gathered around a fire and we told stories to each other. And then later on, someone figured out to start, you know, tapping a tune out on a log or a drum or whatever. So it's deeply innate within us uh, as storytellers. Our pedigree, uh, our, our, our heritage is as storytellers, and we all can, can tell stories. So every person has had a body of life experience and uh, a prism through which they've seen the world experienced the world that nobody else has right there's for better or for worse man there's only one Aaron Bexler in the
1: world
0: (laughs) there's only one person who's had your body of experience now you can decide to devalue that you can decide to say you know uh, none, none of my stories none of the things that I've experienced cumulatively have value that's a choice that you can make but all of us have stories to tell which is why almost all of us can't stop freaking gossiping and going <laughs> to media and and telling stories. Now I, I I think many great movies for example are about some janitor who these high-end scientists see, you know, every night cleaning the floors. Goodwill and Hunting. Then suddenly they find out that person has an extraordinary life story. Yeah. So I don't believe there's anyone who does not have extraordinary defining moments in their life and and things to share with other people that are worth sharing. The the separate question is whether whether someone wants to say, I want to document that and, and collate it in a way that I can share that and memorialize that.
1: Yeah, you know it's a daunting task. You know, and I'll say that firsthand and like when, when we met and I'm I'm actually going to share how we met with with everybody. I want to I want to kind of paint the picture. But uh, before I do that, I just wanted to say, like, it's a daunting task when you decide. Right. You're like, OK, I got a message inside me. And for me, my message was stay inspired. Right. Stay inspired, you know, it, it, because and I'll tell you why, because as an athlete and and hopefully this resonates with any athlete who might be listening to this. It's hard to stay inspired sometimes. It's hard You know, sometimes you just want to stop. You're like, man, I'm done, you know, as an athlete, you know, because for whatever reason, whether it's an injury or just lack of motivation or whatever it may be, or burnout, you know, a lot of athletes experience that. Um, But, you know, I had this message that was, I think it was a divine message. I think it came through me, which was like, hey, stay inspired. And and it doesn't even have to be athletically. It could just be in life. Right. Find a way to stay inspired. Find a way to keep that inspiration going. So that was my message. But it was a daunting task to, to like you said, to like put it all together and package it, you know? And um yeah, so I, you know, I again I'm so grateful that that I met you because you really helped me put that together. And and um you, you know, but before I kind of talk more about how we met and I cause I do want to share that, um, you know. If someone's listening to this and they're like, yeah, you know, I hear you. I got a message too, um, but I don't even know where to start. You know, what what advice do you have to that person? Like, how do you even start to put together your message as a package?
0: I mean, there's several dimensions to that uh, question. I mean, one is, as with anything else in life, um, you might need support. That might be your lover, your friend, your parent, your cousin, uh, might be a writing class might be an online youtube series or a book might be a writing coach or a writing group or 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 whatever i mean ultimately it gets back to what you were just talking about it gets to some internal dialogue uh as to do i have stories that are worth sharing and in what form do i do i want to share them so um i think if someone as i was sharing that what usually happens in the initial coaching session is it's about removing that psychological barrier that your stories are not worth telling and demystifying the process. Oh, I can't, no, we think about a book and it's like some mysterious process as to how to tell those stories or how to do a book. I was talking to a woman the other day in a a session like that. And all of us are telling these stories every day. I mean, what's a book? I mean, what's, what's, every day, you are telling these long stories. Most people who are posting on Instagram and Facebook all the time have, like, written *War and Peace* three times this year already. So every day we're speaking, using spoken word, we're we're telling these stories. And there's even speech to text uh, transcribers now. Where if all you do is record those, and then you uh, upload it to Amazon as an ebook, and you can do all, do all that in thirty minutes. You have a book, of right. course, you want to publish it a little, you want to develop, you want to edit it, you want to get it in as fine a form as you can, but I think demystifying that process, starting with, why do I want to tell these stories, and then, you know, what's the plumbing, you know, um, some, we, we think of it, oh, I'm going to wait for the moose or whatever, a, a lot of it is it's just simply plumbing, where you have to know if you're going to fix a pipe under your sink, it looks very daunting until you don't know, You just open the cabinet under the sink you take this wrench you tighten it here and you just fixed your leak you know sometimes it's it's more than that but you know what that plumber knows is what how to use those tools a little more sophisticated than you are possibly on how to use those tools they fixed that identical leak 74 times before Um, And they they know what are the steps in order to do that. And and therefore, it doesn't become as daunting.
1: Right. So so here's an interesting point, Brian. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, so Aaron's talking about a message, Brian's talking about stories, what's the crossover there, right? Because, you know, like you said, everyone's got a story, but what's the difference between a message and stories? Does that make sense?
0: My athlete daughter, Andrea, big track tar, star in in high school, got a scholarship to a University of California school. She's got two lovely grandchildren, uh, lovely children, um, four year old Silas, one year old Cecilia, and Silas every night wanted me to read him the same damn story, the Three Little Pigs, <laughs> and I did, and it was fun. So there's a story called the Three Little Pigs what's the message the message is uh don't be cheap ass and lazy when you're building your house <laughs> right right Use good materials and make sure it's pretty strong so that uh when the big bad wolf comes around he doesn't eat you <laughs> and you right. know there's all kinds of moral messages in there for better or for worse. so there's a message in three little pigs and that message uh appealed to my grandson and he wanted to hear it over and over again and you know I mean does a book have a message I mean any book or any story of any length as I was saying with the three little pigs has embedded in it many many messages value statements um, lessons learned etc and I think the the message for a book usually there's just like an acting there's a through line what does that actor or actress want to accomplish by by the end of that play or movie or, or, or TV show and that's their their uh, objective. So a book might have a through line usually uh, that that says, as you were talking about before, how to be inspired on and off the court. And, and the way that you did it, which was masterful, is I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm gonna give the Aaron Wexler point of view on that and mm-hmm. you get that book and it's good. I'm also gonna harvest the point of view of three dozen brilliant, accomplished, wise, uh, and communicative uh, athletes and coaches and, and others, and then uh, is there a message in the book? I'm pretty sure. If you read that book, you're going to see some messages. But you also leave uh, what, what, what's the name? The guy who wrote uh, M- Moneyball, uh, uh, Michael Lewis. I, I once met him and asked him a question about a book, and he's and and I, I was saying how people look at this book so differently, and what he said was, I always leave a reader-sized hole in the book for people to draw their own conclusions. So someone can read your book, and yes, they're gonna get the uber message about being inspired, no doubt, you just uh, scan it a little bit, read a few paragraphs, you're gonna pull out this juicy value. But within that, anyone is gonna come to that book with their own life experience, and then they're going to draw out the message in their own way that resonates with them.
1: Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to take this opportunity to like explain to the listeners uh, and viewers how we met. So I was in um, I was in Thailand on a trip in 2019, pre-pandemic, um, and uh, I was traveling by myself. And I went to this place called Orion. Now, Orion is this awesome retreat center, uh, beautiful. It's like it's like out of a postcard. Um, and I was sitting there by myself, just sipping a, 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 a really nice green juice, you know, just feeling really inspired. And I was really looking, at, I was actually looking at my journal, looking at my notes, and I saw all these people come into this ashram, uh, which is like beautiful yoga studio right on the water. And... Someone had I asked someone, is this like a yoga class? What's going on? And they said, oh, it's a creative writing workshop. And it's free. And I said, wow, interesting. So I asked if I could join. Obviously, you, you know, you, you were leading it and you said, come on in. I think It was about 20 people or so, maybe more, maybe 30. Um, and it was a great workshop. It was awesome. And and specifically for someone who is not a writer, right? I don't, I, at that moment, I never identified myself as a writer. I identified myself as a athlete and a coach and an entrepreneur, right? Um, Traveler, adventurer, you know, but writer was like this daunting title, but it was really interesting to me. I was like, man, I'd love to be a writer. Actually that, that actually would be really cool. So I took the, took the class. It was really fun. Made it really fun and then uh you made this really cool offer which you had mentioned which you say you know if if you any if anyone has a project you'd like me to look at I'm offering an an hour of my time for free I can look at your project so I took you up on that you know I think it was the next night and we uh we had a little Thai food and and you looked at my project and I'll never forget it cuz you said oh you have something here man maybe you might have something here you know um but I want to tell the audience what I had so what I had at that moment was a bunch of notes and they just they were kind of all over the place they weren't really organized they were like kind of organized um, but I remember showing you that and and I think you were just like okay how what are we where are we going with this you know what what are we going to do with this and so after that that hour consult I said you know what you're my guy and you know from then on from then on I hired you to be my writing coach and fast forward three years later, we got to this point where we have this book. And um, I just wanted to share that with the audience because, you know, sometimes you don't have a plan. Like I didn't have a plan. I never, I, I didn't plan to like go meet a writing coach. You know, my plan was to go on this trip and to just follow the flow. Quite honestly, I didn't even, I didn't even have like, I didn't even know about Orion, you know, where, where you were at that time. And I followed the flow. And I just, you know, this whole podcast and, you know, what's in this book is is kind of about that. It's about following the flow. And again, I, I share that story to hopefully inspire someone who might be listening to this to just follow the flow, not necessarily have a plan. Because sometimes when you do that, the plan unravels itself. It unveils itself, which is what happened with, with, with us, you know.
0: You know, I saw Adalia Barkin yesterday at Orion and I told her. That we talked, and I told her you mentioned Orion, and yeah. she was proud of you for doing the book, and so uh, uh, excited that uh, Orion was a, a breeding ground for for a, a project like yours.
1: It's a beautiful place, and you know what, Brian, I am going to come back, and I'm I'm going to come back, and I w- I would like to come into the writers' workshop, and I'd like to I'd like to share my story with sure. any anyone who. Yep who might be discouraged right let's talk about discouragement for a second um before we hey, get can to I,
0: can i respond to a couple yeah. of other things oh yeah 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 for sure you said, which yeah. are are important first of all when people first come to write night there's like this mantra it's like well you know i'm not a writer and then yeah. <laughs> we, we and i show a video of a famous author we talk about it everyone shares what they're reading and writing and then we write off a prompt proving allowing people to prove to themselves, oh. I, I just wrote a story in 30 minutes. And then some people are are sensitive about sharing. Most people do share. People certainly share by the second time they they come. Why? Because we live in a global, I mean, I'm a, a lifelong marketer and media person. We live in a marketing culture where we're getting messages all the time that if you're not in the New York Times bestseller list, you don't have stories that have value. If you can't play the guitar like Keith Richards, uh, you should not be playing the guitar. It's the commercial culture that we've received hundreds of thousands of, of messages, intentionally or not. So to some de- degree, there's a bit of psychological liberation to say, uh, you've been writing for 30 years. You're saying you're not a writer. You know, you're a storyteller. All of us uh, have stories to tell. So that that's one thing. The other thing briefly I, I wanted to say yeah, is most people might finish a book like year, yours in nine to 12 months, whatever. You did it in three years. When we first started, I said something to you. And I say this to everyone, and, 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 and I know it's true for me in the five books that I wrote, that there, there's this concept by, uh, I first read about in this book by this great psychologist uh, and author, Kathleen Berhony. She talks about the tension between opposites, meaning you have two opposite ideas, say one in each hand, and you hold both of them, even though they seem opposite. So on one hand, we're saying, you gotta look at the goalposts and you gotta have a steely-eyed vision. I'm gonna get to that goalpost. I'm gonna get to that finish line. I'm gonna get this done. On the other hand, in the creative process and in life sometimes in general, you have to embrace the notion often that the book will take as long as the book wants to take. And you know we're going to talk about the podcast later, where you know you you started a podcast in the middle of it, and yes, I did ask you periodically, and at a certain point, you know once you know uh, agreements get out, get out of the way, you know how are we going to uh, uh, work together? Your project becomes my project, and so <laughs> if you work with me, that thing damn well is going to get. <laughs> so so we we talked, and I always had. Yeah, there were a couple of moments there over three years, but I always had the confidence that you really cared about this book that you wanted to write. And, you know, life interferes and, um, but the book will take the amount of time that the book wants to take there's this great Australian um, jazz club owner in Lapa in Rio de Janeiro. uh, Amazing clubs called uh, Tri Boss he's Australian. He wrote this thick book about Samba. It's author- authoritative book about Samba. He took 19 years to write it. Yeah, yeah. Could he have written it in 19 months? I don't know. Right. But he finished, and it's an incredible book. So right. yeah, uh, on one hand, having this determination to complete, which is so important, and on the other hand, ha- being kind to yourself and allowing the creative process to unfold. the way it's going to unfold
1: right man okay there's a couple things i want to unfold here before we move on so um i actually distinctly remember i actually came to two right nights because i was there for two weeks so the first one is when i think we met the second one i was like i came back and we did uh we did a prompt about i think back then it was the the forest fires the 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 in the in the amazon do you remember remember that? that yeah yeah and I remember I remember you, you gave these really great prompts because again, for someone who's not a professional writer, you know, or a rookie, a rookie writer, again, like, this is a tough, it's tough to just free write, you know? But I wanted to acknowledge the way that you gave the prompts. And for someone listening, they might be like, okay, prompts, wait, you mean like in school, when, like the teacher gives you a prompt to do an essay? kind of kind of like that but you had given this creative writing workshop prompt which is like here's the prompt back and and my example was this uh, back then there was these really crazy f- uh, fires in um in uh, i think it was brazil maybe
0: yeah in the, amazon.
1: in the amazon yeah and and i think you're correct me if i'm wrong if you remember but like some of the prompts were like how you know what are your thoughts about this what well, you know how is this affecting your life or or it was can't ex- I can't exactly remember what, what it was have but even, I
0: might have even used that as an introduction yeah. and then then the, the the writing prompt might have just been the Amazon or the Amazon's yeah. Or and then people take that as a prompt and go in any direction right. that they want with it and the wonderful thing is you have a dozen people who all write completely different stories because they're getting that prompt in through the prism of their own life experience
1: yeah, and and I just want to say that really helped me, man. Because you know, um, I I wasn't even thinking about those forest as fires. As I had heard about it, I heard about them in the news, you know. But when you when you give a prompt like that, and you're in this kind of, we were kind of in a, a meditative zone, right, where you're like just kind of trying to allow the words to come through you, you know? But when you get a prompt like that, it really helps to just free write. And that's what we did. We, we we did a free write for, I think, a long time. I want to say 30 minutes or so. And you were able to just sit back and just kind of let the process go. And some people were writing really fast and some people were just sitting there thinking. And I just thought it was really powerful, you know? And, and um, you know, it, it's really nice to be led in a exercise like that, right? Because now when I write, sometimes it's hard man it, i i actually enjoy writing now you know after everything we've been through together i do but it's 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 difficult it's not easy it, it doesn't really flow all the time there's there's days that go by when i don't write you know yeah And then mean, there's,
0: there's a, the writing prompts are great i attended a travel writing class in san francisco to a place called the grotto and everyone else there and i was only i don't know why i was only guy in the class everyone else there were, were much more experienced writers than I was, I was intimidated. And when the prompt was given out, I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna write my thing. And then um, some of these women in the class started reading their stories and I'm like, damn, my story is better than theirs. (laughs) And I read mine. And then after that, I was like, I want to read my story. Because something flipped within me from my story has no value to I Have a story the, that, that I want to tell, and the writing prompt is, is a great exercise because during those 30 minutes, you got nothing else to do. So, something happens to me and to most people psychologically where you know there's nothing else to do. So, you, you, you write that story, and we all have this tsunami of stories within us, we all yeah. have tens of thousands of stories, and what that does. And I think we talked about the similarity to, to, to athletics. What that does is that process of giving out a prompt and giving 30 minutes to do nothing else but write in a safe environment allows you to get out of your own way, similar to an athlete saying, there's no way I could do, you know, run around the track all those times faster than other people. And then you start to break it down and then you start to do it. And then, you know, you look behind you, you know, hold on a second. I just won this race, you know, yeah. That, give, that triggers something within you to say, no, I can't do this, you know, but you got to put yourself in the game first,
1: mm. whether it's fighting or whether it's in athletics. I love that. And you know what, man, look, I, uh, there's something liberating about creative writing, right? There's no rules. There's no rules. And, and, you know, that's the difference in sports, right? In sports, there's all kinds of rules. But to creatively write and express yourself and allow words to go, I want to make this talk relatable to athletes and entrepreneurs who are might who might be listening and are like, what? How is this related? How is this relatable? The reason why it's relatable is because it actually lets your mind go for a little bit. That's that was my experience, right? My whole life I've been on like regimented. Okay, go to practice, go to games, show up, you know, be very disciplined you know um be very goal oriented those are all good things but to have this experience man to to you know not just the experience on the island and to you know to go through the creative writing workshops but but to have the experience of you coaching me you know across the world on different time zones through this this writing process which was a creative writing process for me it was you know yeah. And yes, there's a lot of uh, quotes by accomplished people and, you know, there's there's like daily tips and stuff like that in there. But there were moments. I'll just be real. There were moments where I, I went to a local coffee shop over here and I sat there and I just free wrote and you really helped me get into that zone. And any athlete or entrepreneur listening to this, I recommend you guys do that get in a zone so that you can free write, you can create your own prompt, you can find a writing coach like Brian, you can hire Brian himself, but get into a place where you can allow yourself to just write, even if even if it doesn't make sense, even if there's typos, like, let it go, let those words flow, you know?
0: Yeah, you know, there's a, a famous Greek story of uh, a a a priestess of some, uh, you know, Greek goddess cult who lived on this island across the Dardanelles Strait and there was a dude by the name of Hero and every night because it was forbidden for them to be together right so every night he would swim across the Dardanelles Strait to be with her and then swim back before the morning um, and then one time the currents were too strong and the guy died and that's where we get the name hero now my complaint about that story is why is the woman the hero and the guy and she gets the name and the dude who drowned in this incredible romantic uh effort to see his, his lover every night he doesn't get all the credit but what is it to be a hero there's a, a guy by the name of joseph campbell who's pretty famous yeah. and he wrote oh, of course hero of a thousand faces and he talks about the monomyth about this myth that's in all the world's great cultures and all the great uh, hero stories. And the heroic journey is is similar throughout, and we're most familiar with uh, stories like Odysseus, you know, where Odysseus leaves the safe shore to go out to unknown lands, encounters all kinds of threats and challenges, many times thinking he will never get back home. I think the dude was away for like 20 years or something, you know? Uh, and then finally, he brings back, uh, you know, his his, his victory and, and gets back home. So I think athletes have that. You know, why, why do we consider athletes heroes? Because we know that to get where they are, and we see it on our television screens, that they have to endure and get over all kinds of extraordinary challenges that almost sometimes look like impossible. Right. Right. And and they do. That's why the stories of, you know, Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or whoever, yeah. Michael Jordan winning in the last two or three minutes, you know, we hear those stories more than uh, in the beginning of the second quarter. That was a really great run by that running back, you know? So, so similarly with, with writing, what you uh, were engaged in and experienced, in my view, was a heroic journey. You started the journey. It was not safe. You were saying yourself, you know, how can I do this? You were challenging your own ego. And most of us like, enough. I got enough ego challenges in this world. I don't need another one to, to, to dwell on every day. But you engaged in that. And to some degree, it's like, oh, it took two or three years to do the book. But actually, that to me is more heroic. Through those challenges, through all that time, you stayed the course and you, you, you brought back back the wind. So to some degree, I think for those people who are looking for, for inspiration, uh, yeah, there's a challenge there, but there's a kind of mythic opportunity to say, I have a story that's important to share with the world. Might be my life story, um, might be w- whatever it is, but for the, the species to continue evolve and advance, we need stories. Yeah, and we need
1: stories. Yeah. And thank you for those words, man. And, and you know, I wanted to contribute. I actually like, look at all these books behind me, right? Like I wanted to contribute to the collective. You know, I like I wanted to put this there and and this will be there long, long after I'm gone, you know, and that's part of what I wanted. I wanted uh, I wanted legacy out of this whole thing. And, I you know, I actually want to I want to get into intimidation and discouragement. Those are two things that happened to me during this process. Those are very real things. You know, you look back here, you you know, you meet someone like yourself, you know, who's an accomplished writer, and it's, it actually looks like it comes very easy to you and everything. So there's an intimidation factor that I went through. And I'm like, I'm intimidated here. I do want this, but I'm intimidated, you know. Um, so I'd like you to touch on that for a first time writer. Um, and then I also want you to follow that up with discouragement, because that happened to me as well right? Like halfway through my writing process, I'm like, I'm over it. I don't want to, I actually don't want to do this anymore because I'm discouraged because writer's block, right? We didn't even talk about that. Like I'd like you to tie in writer's block with those two things.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, intimidation, you you should embrace that. If you're intimidated, it means you're doing something worth doing. If you're not intimidated, uh, that means there's nothing to learn. There's nothing to be challenged by. and, And it's not worth doing. So Mm. on the other side of intimidation is to look back and see when you were intimidated. And then you had that learning. And you had that experience of surpassing that. So um, gets back to a sense of purpose, gets back to inspiration, and knowing why you want to get to that goal line. And, you know, discouragement, I mean, you know, you might meet the cyclops who wants to eat you you might meet the <laughs> the, siren, the sirens who the sirens who want to have sex with you in a greek greek isle and then eat you you know you might you, ha- you know you might have all these you know storms etc uh to some degree the reason why we have those myths is those are part of our life process when we pursue things that are that are challenging um, and and then you can also decide to be realistic too. Um, will I set aside the time? Are there skills I need to get? Do I need support? Do I need to write an 800-page book or is a 40-page manual giving the basic thing that I want to write enough? One thing about creative platforms now, you know, it's not just waiting for Simon & Schuster to, to decide what's in our book and publish our book and what it should be called, we have all these platforms, you can write a three part series on medium.com, you can do a blog, you can do a podcast. So we live at a time that is the most extraordinary creative uh, time in human history. So you can also say, uh, with a, an assessment s- similar to, to an athlete, you know, I might want to say, um, I want to be the next center for the Boston Celtics. Well, Ain't going to happen. <laughs> but I, if, if I want to say, you know, I haven't played basketball for a long time, I'm going to go to LA, uh, or, or I think you know something about volleyball, as I recall, mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. love volleyball, but I haven't played volleyball for years. I wasn't that good when I played. So I might want to say, you know, when I'm in LA, I want Aaron to, to take me to a game, to a, a game on the beach, a Manhattan beach, and and show me a few tips. And then I want to be in a, in, in a volleyball game with Aaron, knowing that there's no way I want to be Aaron Wexler. So that's a goal that's achievable. And there's a guy here in the, on the island in Hadrin who, who has a volleyball league. So I might decide what is achievable is that I'm gonna go to 10 volleyball games. I'm gonna watch a few YouTube videos. And then when I go see Aaron, it will be achievable for me not to embarrass myself and have fun. Because that's my goal, as opposed to saying I want to I want to be on the Olympic U.S. Olympic team in volleyball in the next in the next site.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know I want to follow up on that because um, those are real emotions: intimidation, discouragement. You know, fopo is another one that that I kind of discovered. Fear of other people's opinions, right? Like, how am I going to be judged from this? You know, are people going to like this? Are people going to just say, "What are you doing?" You know, and and that was a big thing um actually that's a big thing for athletes too like and entrepreneurs right like we all have to be like no i'm not going to worry about those things i'm going to stay focused i'm going to stay tunnel visioned on my goal my dream you know and and that that's that's what it takes right and because if you get if you get caught up in those thing those thoughts you get derailed you get derailed and it de- it definitely happened to me 100% you know, there were moments where I was like, "Dude, uh, you know, how am I going to be looked at? How's this gonna, how's it, how's my image gonna change? You know, with all those things, with with, with this book, you know, um, you know, but all isn't those that
0: th- also similar to to an athlete that on one yeah. hand you don't want to lose, <laughs> you, right. don't be, you don't want to be you want someone you know slamming a volleyball in your face. You don't you don't want to uh, let down your team all that. But at a certain point, I would imagine. For uh, an athlete like yourself and those who you've interviewed and, and, and played with, at a certain point, you're playing against your own standard. And if yeah. you're thinking constantly about people in the stands, what they're thinking about you, game over. Right. <laughs> trouble. But if you're competing against your highest self and your, your highest standards, uh, then you're going to be on. You're going to be uh, more likely to be uh, in that flow. Very similar to to writing, I often talk to people about two different buckets. Again, we live in this marketing culture where, uh, you know, when I did the War of the After Party book, I was in in Iraq and Afghanistan and Cambodia and all these places, and 90% of the questions I got when I got back after traveling around the world, exploring why America is always at war, is how many books did you sell? They didn't care that I was 20 miles outside of ISIS-controlled Mosul in Iraq, or I spent a month in Kabul, Afghanistan. They wanted to know how many books I sold. So if yeah. that was my you know, purpose, uh, I, you know, I had an inquiry in that book that I wanted to explore. So similarly, there's sort of two buckets when you're writing something. The first one is the one to be focused on. What's the story I want to tell? How am I going to tell that story? How do I take it to completion? And then you worry about the second bucket, which you're worrying about now. We talked yeah. about that, three, you know? Yeah how many do I want to sell? How am I going to promote it? Uh, What does it look like? What does the cover look like? Um, Et et cetera. But the starting point, I would think whether you're an athlete or a writer is um, what is my standard and how do I achieve and and work doing the best I can with the tools I have against that standard.
1: Mm, I love that, man. I love that. Uh, let's talk about mindset, you know, because a, a big part of this project and the big part of this this book that we did and the big part of this whole podcast and the big part of this whole conversation is mindset. Talk about the mindset of an inspired writer.
0: Yeah, some of it is mundane, similar to to a, a writer. Before you can have the right mindset, you know, you might want to have the right tools on your desk. You might want to create the right environment to yourself with the same Huge. cup of coffee Huge. or or the same time of day, just like an athlete might say, I'm going to do my running, you know, uh, 6.30 in the morning. If you say, I'm going to do the running when I feel like it tomorrow, you're in trouble. So so creating the right in, environment uh, starts there. I And we talked also about the idea of purpose and motivation. So we've covered that. But a- another part of that is to try if there's a spectrum for writing, as with, uh, I mean, you know, many athletes and many Olympians recently, you know, had, you know, uh, a, a stress or anxiety attack, you know, and, and had to remove themselves from, from a game. So I think an important thing for me, maybe not for other people, but we certainly have talked about this, is if there's a spectrum with joy on one part of it, and stress on the other. You want to be as close as possible yeah. <laughs> to the joy part. You're not going to be in the extreme end of that uh, spectrum and uh, the joy part all the time. There'll be there'll be some stress, but if it's always uh, stressful, if it's always unpleasant, um, if it's always grueling, then you are more likely not to complete that. So. Again, whether it's with a writing coach or a lover or reading the right book or being in the right physical environment, going to the Earth Cafe or whatever it is, being uh, in a a space mentally and physically where it's a joyful experience uh, is really important because if it's not fun, you probably are not going to complete it. And so going through that um, mental exercise to think. Uh, why am I doing this and how to create an environment and how to approach things so that I am at that joy end of the spectrum is important. And the related thing to that, Aaron, as we've talked about too, is people have this uh, notion that the muse, some Greek goddess, is going to come to you and you don't have to do the work. You're just going to wait until you're inspired. And you certainly want to put yourself in a position of, being inspired, and there will be moments of great inspiration, peak moments where the key things you want to say in the book, you get clarity on, and you need that, and you're going to have that. But also, if you don't show up to that laptop at the time you said you were on your calendar repeatedly, then if if that muse, if that mythic Greek goddess is watching you, and they're seeing that you're not showing up, they're going to your neighbor's house, you know, (laughs) they... (laughs) ain't hanging around for you you
1: you really helped me with that actually because I had heard somewhere when I started this this writing uh process I think after I came back to the United States shortly after we met I had heard somewhere that was like only write when you're inspired you know and you you really helped me with uh no schedule your writing S- you know schedule it you know yeah. and then you know see if you get inspired but you you have it on your calendar so it, it kind of like you know, just like a practice for an athlete or, you know, uh, like a scheduled meeting it's in the calendar. So that's the time that I'm going to devote to the writing, you know, but I wanted to just really quick, um, share my process. So when I did go to the coffee shop prior to doing that, I would work out. I would try to get a little charged up, you know, Very get the important. yeah, yeah. I would either do a walk. The yeah. The and, and even during, yeah. And even during the pandemic, you know, and every, everything shut down, I would walk a lot. I would walk, I would listen to music, get charged up first, try to get the blood flow and then go sit down and devote. And, and when I devoted time to writing, it was only about 15 to 20 minutes at a time. I, I couldn't do more than that. Some writers, you know um, some writers take more time. They do hours at a time or, you know, but for me, I did this, I did this little exercise where I would do 20 minutes Of that's my devoted time out of those 20 minutes, I'd probably use about 15 minutes to actually do free writing. Then I would break for about five to 10 minutes, go walk around. And I would try to come back on a second round. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But that was it. I didn't do more than that. And that's why it took me so long. Right? Because like, I, I couldn't really get back into it after that first or second 20 minute session.
0: And that's okay if you have your eyes on the prize and and you get to completion, you know. And therefore, back to your comment before, discouragement is part of it. Intimidation is part of it. And what I often say to people, that's not an impediment to the process or really sorry that's happening to you. That is the process. That's part of the process. And again, if one chooses to look at it that way, that's part of this heroic journey that i know that i'm going to do something worth doing and because it's worth doing there's going to be challenges to me and you know one thing that i said to um a woman who i'm working with uh, the other day who's, who's writing a, a, a travel book for young women traveling solo and you know i i, I sent her in an email just a brief message that uh Once you, at 23 years old, complete this book, and it's a great book, um, you will have demystified the process. You've known that you've taken it to completion. You'll have had this great credential for life. And also then you'll have the confidence, whether it's six months from now or 16 years from now, to say whatever, and it may not be a book, but whatever the challenge or the creative process is, I can take this to completion. Just like my daughter, Andrea, was such a great track and field athlete in, in high school, you know, and, and she has gone through so many wonderful career opportunities where she was challenged you know, as an EMT or a firefighter or various things. Once you have had that experience as an athlete or a writer, uh, it demystifies the process and you know that you can do it again.
1: Yes. Yes, and I I have that uh feeling now about doing a podcast. Like I could I could help someone start a podcast. I want to help you start yours. You know, like because I have I have the knowledge now. You know, um. But yeah, a, a couple more things, Brian. So, okay. So going back to the writing process. So and, and then a little intimidation factor. So my my roommate Al Brown. He's uh he's a PhD. He's he's a great writer. He's very very smart. I was intimidated when I uh, when I first moved in here and I we I started talking to him about all the, he started throwing out all these big words all the time and 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 then he runs like uh, he actually runs an online class uh, for, for writing so I in the you know in my other room I overhear you know him talking all this like actually teaching writing you know and it's intimidating because I'm like man like am I doing the right thing and then there was another thing that came up to me, uh, a really good friend of mine, Clayton, Clayton Joseph Scott. He's a he's a great writer. Like he words come to him so easily. He He's a musician. So but he's able to write songs like easy, easy, easy. And like I I tried writing two songs in like the last couple of years and I still haven't completed them, you know. And so that I, I wanted to mention those two things, because when sometimes we surround ourselves with people who are really just just way better than us at writing specifically, whether it's a song or a book or an essay or whatever it may be. It's difficult to say, okay, that's them. I'm going to try to get inspired by them, but I'm not going to try to get intimidated by them. And I want to, and going back to acknowledging you, you do a phenomenal job at empowering your client. You're empowering me to say, no, you got it. You use your own voice. You know, here's some tools. You do a great job of, of, of saying, OK, you know, this is this is some organizational tools, but get into your own voice, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's uh, the message of my little rant right here, which is to say when you when someone is um, discouraged or intimidated, those are OK. That, like you said, those, that's part of the process. But like, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that too much, you know, get through that quickly so you can get back to the flow. The flow to me is the, my next thing I want to talk to you about. The flow. Sure. Hold on one second. Yeah, Two yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, from, from what you said. Yeah. Uh, very important, I think. Yeah. Uh, and,
0: and a great anecdote there. Um, one is it's natural to look at other people and hopefully get inspired by them and and to learn from them. But the starting point has to be that right now, in this moment, if someone's watching this podcast, you have... All the communication tools you need to tell your story, and you have all the stories that you need to, 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 to tell stories. Your story is worth telling. Now, you, you start at that point that PhD guy and that songwriter guy, they have all the tools they need to tell the stories they want to tell with the, the, the toolkit they have, the skill set they have right now, and you do too. So if you're thinking about I don't have their skill set, then you're 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 in big trouble. But if you think I have had all these privileges, all this education, all this learning, all these people, uh, you know, blessing me with their with their wisdom or experience or, or or understanding, you have all the tools you have to tell stories now and again. You're telling stories every day. And the other thing is that you know the song any. You know, you, you look at any great songwriter, that's why I, I show those videos in the in the, in the the right night. You know, to me, almost without exception, if not without exception, you know, John Legend talking about songwriting or Neil Gaiman talking about writing or Billy Collins talking about poetry. All of them will say, when I go back and look at the stuff that I wrote, you know, 15 years ago, um, I'm embarrassed by it because they've been on a journey where they have expanded their toolkit. So what I'm trying to say is two brief things. One, you have all the tools that you have now, but great news, if you start writing now and start to hone your craft now, then next week and next month and 12 years from now, uh, you're gonna have even better tools. So enable yourself to write now, you have all you need. And if you have an aspiration to be better, there's two ways, the two best ways to become a better writer are free. One is to read a lot and one is to write a lot. So that opportunity is there if you want to to pursue it.
1: Yes, man. Yes. And, you, and okay, look, one thing that's coming up for me in my mind right now is we're living in such a digital age. Like, look, look what we're doing right now. We're on Zoom, right? Like, we spend so much time on our screens i actually think having a actual book right now to put your eyes on paper rather than a screen is actually more valuable than ever yeah i saw someone reading i saw someone reading a book on the beach the other day i was like yes good you know like get out of the screens for a minute you know and 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 get into get into the paper it's actually good for your eyes you know so so it's just yeah it's I, i think uh I think anyone listening to this who might be considering writing, writing a book, Brian and I are both saying, do it, do yep. it, you know, and go for On it the
0: platform or the path or the context or the story of, uh, uh, of what you want to tell. And, you know, talking about the muse again, there's, a, you know, one thing I'd add to that, which is if you like Aaron at a certain point, just feel called, call it what you will, call it soul, whatever. Um, But if you feel this hunger in you to want to express something, then two things are true. One, you have a story to tell, now is the time to tell it, and that's a tremendous gift to have that uh, hunger. Uh, And two, if you don't nurture that and feed it and do anything about it, you'll lose it. right? So, so if you're having a, a feeling that I have a story to tell, I have a book I want to write, I have some genre of creativity uh, within which I, I, I want to create, now is the time to feed that in some form or to start feeding it in some form. Or again, the muse thing, the muse will be like, dude, I'm inspiring you. I've yeah. inspired you again. I've inspired you. you know, I gave you the dream thing. I gave you all these uh, synchronicity things that are happening all right and then if you don't do it you know that mythic concept of the of the muse uh might slip away
1: yeah yeah and I I want to I want to fire up for a second before we go on the flow I know we're going over our time a little bit but look you know for anyone listening who's a coach or or you know who anyone listening who has to show up to work and and punch the clock right like like I did for a long time right I, it, I'm i getting a little emotional thinking about that because like, that's what we do as athletes too, right? We show up, we go to work, we do, our, we do our best, we go home. But for so long, I wanted something in my hands that I could sell or give and something tangible, right? Because if you're in the service industry, like a coach or, you know, like anybody who, put, um, you know, serves, uses their talent to serve somebody else for a moment of time. After that time is gone, that moment is gone. Right? right. So, like, have something like this, have something that will, that will stand the time of t- like, it, it will, it will, oh, it, it will be timeless. And that I mean, goes for
0: the, the, the thing about, you know, with all the complaints we have about Amazon or self publishing or these platforms, the amazing thing about it, and it's print on demand. So, you know, when someone orders the book it gets printed at that yeah. moment and sent the same time as any other book that's on the on the shelf you know it might be 15 years from now uh there's there's some kid or some older person or whoever yeah. somewhere in the world it could be in India you know and they well, what is this and they download yeah. it and they read it and it transforms their life so i i like that idea frankly yeah, yeah anywhere in the world for perpetuity uh what we write and put up there can, can have an impact on people.
1: And there's, there's really not too many other platforms you can do that with. Yes, you can do it with music. Yes, you can do it with movies. But, but other than those two things, that's kind of about it. And yes, like you mentioned social media, social media, like, yeah, we're all putting our stories out. But it's hard to get compensated for that. And it's hard to really create a ripple, right? If we're if you want to create a ripple of positivity, of inspiration, of love, and joy, like, your message out like this you know yeah and and, And and, the
0: the book forces you to besides the the cool feeling of having the book in your hand as you know yeah yeah uh, (laughs) but and you know it's a completed creative work there's something very kind of spiritual and and satisfying about that but also what the book forced you to do over this time you had all these great ideas in the beginning yeah yeah No doubt they were good ideas but the book forces you to clarify or crystallize or make whole what you really believe about those things and you work on it and you You think about oh I'm doing editing or I'm doing work but what you're doing is saying I have an idea of what it means to lead an inspired life on Mm -hmm. and off the court and the book is the platform the forum with which you had to flesh out every dimension of those ideas Uh, Yes, helped a bit by me, helped a bit by our our editor, Tom Botter, who's wonderful. Uh, And then you have this completed work that says in your voice, and you found your voice, this is what I want to say to the world about this thing.
1: Yeah, and yes, thank you for recognizing that. And I also, just to share this too, when I first started this project, I looked around my life. And I was like, man, I'm so I'm just surrounded by champions. I'm surrounded by amazing people, you know, and most all of us are actually, if you really look at around your life, like, just just look at the the champs. It doesn't have to be in sports. It could be in in, like the the people that are thriving. Look at those people, right? Surround it like, like really surround yourself, connect with them, ask them to interview them or whatever it may be coffee and like pick up on their vibe. And that's what I did with this book and this project. And people like yourself, you know, I found people like you I picked up on your vibe and I was like, "Man, let's let's collab. Let's work together. Let's let me show you my idea. Let me see if you resonate with it." And I think that's doable to anybody, you know, anybody out there. Like look around your life, find the champs and connect with them more. Because and, and one more little little nugget, you know, you are actually heavily defined by your five closest friends and their five closest friends so choose wisely you know amen (laughs) um you mentioned tom let's let's talk about the team real quick Uh, talk about tom and then talk about alex the formatter
0: yeah i uh, again getting back to the idea of demystifying the process uh, 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 a lot of the reason why people don't pursue creative things like this is they're they just think it's daunting and what I try to do is to break it down and so in our process for example um, you're the writer and I help take you to completion uh, providing a variety of means of support along the way part cheerleader part accountability partner Mm -hmm. part editorial uh, advisor part Mm -hmm. publishing consultant Yep, and then uh, we brought in Tom Vader, who writes for The Economist and many other publications. Brilliant writer, has written over you know, two dozen books, um, and and he'll take what's already good and elevate it. Both, you know, yeah, the grammar and, and language and composition, sentence structure stuff, the plumbing stuff, but also kind of helping to clarify, you know, what are the key the, the key messages and sort of themes and subthemes. Then. You know, I've worked with different designers, I have this great guy in, in Bucharest, Romania, of all places, uh, who's wonderful and communicative and delivers great value and becomes a real partner in the interior design to, um, to, to uh, decide how you want the book to look, but also to make sure that it's perfect for the upload to Amazon. Uh, and you're not dealing with the weeks of what the hell pagination I thought I got it right. You just don't want to be doing that yourself. You can. I don't think you want to. And then the external uh, uh, exterior design as well. Um, and yeah, so so writing coach, if if one feels that they would value from that, an editor, pretty good idea to have an editor. The best authors all have editors. Um, and, and, and a designer to make it look and feel, uh, the way that you want to.
1: Yeah. I mean, look guys, I mean, from this <laughs> to this, you know, I mean, so cool. And then the formatting, like, like, um, uh, Brian is talking about, you can't see right now with the light, but yeah, the formatting is really good. And there's QR codes to, to, um, the podcast episodes in there. And then, you know, just, I, I found a great artist and a, a really great photographer, um, to put the whole team together, but you know, to anyone listening to this uh, who who has a, a an idea, a project idea, who wants to get it to completion, you know, contact Brian because I I'm just I'm just plugging you right now. I'm just this is just a plug for you. You helped me so much, man. You really did. And like like you said, like the accountability partner stuff that was really good. You know, the the cheerleader stuff was great. But to know that I got someone in my corner because this is a very personal experience, actually. And a lot of people, a lot of people who have never written a book don't realize that this is extremely personal, right? You you got to deal with your own emotions, you got to deal with the demons inside you, you got to deal with self doubt, you got to deal with, you got to deal with time management, you know, and like figuring out a budget and all this stuff. And it's, it's a lot. So I just, uh, again, going back to appreciation for you, man, you, you really helped me get to this point. I can't wait for what, what, What's coming next you know the whole marketing stuff and everything and um a great you know, joy
0: for me too I mean I, I must say a reason why I do this and you know I used to do writing workshops on the island and so much of it became about catering and bill collecting or whatever and people then leaving the workshop and not doing anything with it yeah. you know later and yeah. I decided instead I'm going to do a lot of free stuff because I, I draw great pleasure from that free weekly write night and poetry jams and Free hour of writing, consulting, etc., and if all people, you know, ninety-five percent, ninety-nine percent of people just want to enjoy that. Uh, my work's done. I'm really happy, and a very small percentage of people, small number of people, will decide they want to uh, continue from there. So, but for me, it's just a, it was a great joy to work with you, and I draw a great pleasure out of out of doing this work.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, and and you know and like I said, I want to go back to uh, Thailand and Copenhagen and and show up to Writers' Night and and be and share the book and be a success story. And that that's one of the one of the big motivator motivating factors for me. I was like, I want to show, I want to be a, I want to be a success story for Brian. You know, um, before mm-hmm, yeah, well, thank you, bro. Before we wrap up, I I I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about flow. We've been kind of talking about flow this whole time. I feel like we've been in the flow with this conversation, but. Is flow something you can practice or does it just kind of come?
0: I mean, there's some great uh, books on that. And, and you know, there's all kinds of psychological dimensions to it. But but ultimately, I think it's setting yourself up with the right environment yeah. so that flow can come. You know, uh, again, you're, you're writing space and deciding up front why you're doing it, writing an outline, uh, creating the situation where flow can come. Uh, then, yeah, you'll be in that flow state. lot but that's that's the first point and and doing that work to make sure that happens
1: if you the listener want to be in the flow as a writer contact coach brian (laughs) he will help you get in the flow help you get in the flow brian thank you so much man this has been an absolute pleasure a full a, a true full circle moment um before we go, tell everyone about how they can contact you, where they can find you on I social mean, through, media. Through the,
0: through all the stuff that's on your metadata on the podcast and on uh, 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 available on, on the web. But, you know, you can contact me directly by email, BrianKGruber at gmail.com. Go to grubermedia.com. Go to com. You can go to Amazon and just punch my name in there, Brian Gruber books and and see my five books, the most recent one being about Copenhagen and oral history of the island, what makes the island special. But yeah, any of that would love to talk to anyone.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Man, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Brian. Uh, Actually, don't go anywhere. And for everyone else, thank you so much for being a part of this uh, conversation. Stay inspired.